Welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast, where reverence meets relevance. Pastor Benji has returned from his summer sabbatical, and we are currently in a six-part series titled The Circle Maker, based on and around the book by Pastor Mark Batterson. In this series, we'll discover that passionate prayer is a necessity to tap into God's extraordinary life. May God bless you as you enjoy this week's message. that you guys are here. You guys doing all right? Yes, yes, right on. Very cool. Well, my name is Scott Stevenson, and I am the student pastor here at New Hope Church. And I, as usual, uh, I am incredibly honored to be able to stand up here in front of you guys today, especially during such a game-changing series. You guys enjoying this Circle Maker series so far? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're a special shout out to our Garner campus. Guys, I was out in Garner two weeks ago, and let me tell you, God is doing huge, huge things out at Garner. So give it up for Pastor Derek and Pastor Kevin as they help lead that campus. Incredible, incredible things, and Sanford has no idea what's about to drop on them. It is going to be huge. I am excited. And of course, the beautiful ladies over at NCCIW joining us as well. Yes. And of course, those of you on the other side of that computer screen via our internet campus or our television ministry, welcome, welcome, welcome. Whew, a lot of folks to welcome. And welcome to you guys, of course. Oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, I'm excited about this series, but, but, but of course, I have to kind of acknowledge um, the small elephant in the room, and I believe Pastor Benji kind of already acknowledged it. Uh, some of you, when, when I came up here, were like, oh, <laughs> and I feel you, right? Uh, a couple months ago when Pastor Benji came to me, he's like, hey, I, I would love for you to teach on, on this day and in the Circle Maker series. I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> really? Uh, for, for those of you who know me know that I, I, I love that Pastor Benji. He's always so humble to say that even though he has five kids, he's not a parenting expert. Um, I'm not going to say that because I think it's very clear that I'm not a parenting expert. Um, I've, I've been a parent uh, to my little girl for 18 months, and uh, her name is Tenley, and that, that's, uh, I have that under my belt, I guess, 18 whole months, you know? And, uh, but uh, I feel like I have a kind of a cool opportunity to kind of tip the scale in my favor a little bit. Uh, as I said, I'm the student pastor, and I've been doing uh, full-time student ministry uh, for over five years. And those of you who know anything about teenagers, you know that they know everything. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and so when you rub shoulders with that kind of knowledge, you're bound to get something. So I bring to you great wisdom this morning. You're ready. Oh, man. I love our students. I love our students. Uh, they give me a hard time all the time. So payback. That's what happens, folks. So, um, yeah, and so knowing that truth, and so what we have to kind of understand, and what I want you guys to understand is that this generation, this current generation of students and children is right now rising up and changing the world. Don't ever get it twisted. That is the truth. And that's what I want people to understand is that that's not past tense. It's not future tense. It's happening right now. Kids, students are making huge differences, which makes today and the subject matter of this morning even that much more important. See, today we're actually going to unpack this whole idea of simply praying for our kids, 
praying for our children. And so let me do a little bit of a roll call here. I kind of like to do this, kind of see the demographic, what we got going on here. If you are a parent of a baby who has been born in the last five minutes, um, up until uh, fifth grade, where are you at? Raise them up. Nice, right on, very cool. How about those of you who have a middle school, high school, or college student? Raise them up. Yeah, there we go. I like that. I like that. Yes. And then, of course, how about those who have grown-up kids who are out of the house or at least maybe should be out of the house? <laughs> we can figure that out later. It's a whole other series in itself. Right? Okay. And, of course, there's one final demographic that I don't want to forget, and this is going to be important for this morning. But how about those of you who are here who do not have children yet or you just don't have kids for whatever reason? Raise them up. Woo! Right on. Exits are over here, 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 and here, all right? You may go. <laughs> we laugh, but some of y'all were thinking it, right? Those of you who raise your hands, you're like, all right, I'm not a parent. He's talking about praying for kids. How can I get out of here, <laughs> right? But those of you who just raised your hands, I want to speak directly to you because I've sat where you sat before. I get it. And so today, I want to actually just talk very briefly to those of you guys who just raised your hands, who don't have kids for whatever reason that is. See, don't get it twisted. See, just because you might not have any biological children, just because you might not have any children directly underneath your care, that does not mean that today is not for you. See, welcome to New Hope Church. We're a family, and this family has kids. And when you call New Hope your church home, you are welcomed into a big, old, crazy family. Am I right? Amen. Amen. And again, in this family, there are kids. And in this family, there are parents who need other people to come alongside them to help raise their children. Every single one of us in some way, shape, or form are speaking into the lives of a child. So it all comes down to the fact that we all have kids. We all have kids. So this morning when I say the word parents, I'm not just talking about those who have actual children, but I'm speaking to every single person who has kids. And again, say it with me, we all have kids. See, the first installment of the, or sorry, this installment of the Circle Maker is actually twofold today. The first part is really just me hoping to give you guys some tools along with our authors who are going to come out in a couple minutes. But just to give you guys some tools, some, some tangible concepts that I've experienced and that they can bring some, shed some light on as well that are able to kind of help us along just praying for our kids. But the second one's a little different. The second one is we're going to be focusing on teaching our children to pray. Because I think there's an underlying challenge in every single one of us of teaching kids to pray. Now, some of you just totally checked out on me. You're like, Scott, I'm not even confident in my own ability to pray, let alone teaching someone else to pray. It's hard. But I found this clip today. And it's an incredibly powerful clip that just speaks right to the heart of where we're going today in teaching our children to pray and then just praying for our kids. So take a look. I don't feel like I'm going to make it. No, you're going to make it. Hush. Just got to keep getting up every day and taking one day at a time. You're going to make it. My grandma Rose used to tell us to pray about it. Mm -hmm. 
Then that's what you ought to do. You ought to pray about it. Talk to the Lord about it. That's what you ought to do. Yeah, but she only told her. She, she never told me how to do it. Would you teach me? Um? Please. Show you how to pray? Yeah. Whew, oh, child, I ain't talked to God since the last time I saw a cop in my rearview mirror. Whew. I guess I can try. I can try to pray. You need to know the number? The, nu the what? The number. The number? The caller. They say Jesus on the main line. I don't know the number. <laughs> sit back, sit back. Okay. Buy your hat. First, give an honor to God, to the head of my life. Um, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. Father God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of Shedrick, Meshach, and the billy goat, who was in the fiery furnace that they barbecued on the day of Pentecost when the Jewish people returned from the Sabbath day up on the mountaintop in uh, Ethiopia. Uh, God <clears throat> of Mary, <clears throat> J. Blige. Mary, that don't sound right. Huh? That don't sound right. That's not how Mama Rose used to do it. You ain't feeling it? You don't feel the anointing? No. Honey, listen, I don't know nothing about praying, but all praying is is talking to God, having a conversation with him. And at the end of your conversation, you say the name of Jesus, that's your stamp, that it get it up there to her. You hear? Okay. <laughs> Ooh, any Medea fans in here today? Yes. Yes. But do you ever feel like sometimes you're just making it up as you go? I have, right? Don't pull your kids out of student ministry, right? It's okay. It's okay. But see, rest assured, the way that we teach our children to pray has everything to do with us ourselves praying. It has everything to do with it. See, our children need to see and hear us praying. Catch that? Our children have got to see and hear us praying because let me tell you something. Let me be the bearer of bad news. You will never be a perfect parent. I will never be a perfect parent, but we can become praying parents. And you don't become a praying parent by default. We do it by design and desire and discipline. So let's unpack this really quick. I mean, what does it really look like to be praying for our kids, to use the verbiage of this series, to pray circles around our children? If you guys have your Bibles, I want you guys to open, up your, open them up to 1 Thessalonians. Little book back in the uh, New Testament towards the end. And uh, this one little tiny verse gives us some of the best direction when it comes to praying for our kids. I'm excited. I'm actually teaching from a Bible that I've never taught from before uh, this morning. I'm going to share why that's important uh, in a little bit. But 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it's a very simple verse. Like I said, it's three words long in this translation. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says this, keep on praying. Keep on praying. 
Let's read that together, right? One, two, three. Keep on praying. How many of you guys have been reading The Circle Maker, the actual book? There's a quote in there that just rips me apart every single time. It's huge. And it says this. Your prayers have the potential to change the course of history. Let that sink in. Your prayers have the potential to change the course of history. And so right there, we are seeing that this is a call to keep on praying. Parents, keep on praying. Like we already talked about, I'm very excited about this morning because you guys get to hear from someone other than me. Woo, right? And so I want to go ahead and invite out our three conference speakers. Would you welcome them with me as only New Hope can do? Here we go. David Thomas. Come on out. We have Sissy Goff, David Thomas, and Ms. Melissa Trevithane. I'm going to do it every single time. I'm getting close. Next, I got it. Next one. Don't, don't even worry. Don't even worry. But I just want to speak directly and really just welcome you guys into this conversation and really kind of get your expert opinions. Uh, one, they are some authors. The book table is out there of some incredibly godly books on parenting. Parents, jump on it. They are incredible wisdom within those pages. But today, uh, we wanted to kind of bank on the opportunity to bring them into this discussion, to talk a little bit more in depth and in detail and get very specific about parenting. So David, I'm going to start with you. And if you could, how many of you out here have sons? You got some boys. There we go. Quite a few of you. So David, if you would, would you just speak directly um, to the parent who is trying to pray specifically for their son, uh, what that looks like, how it's different from girls, all you. Would love to. There is a, a passage in Psalm that I love, Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, and it says, sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. And that verse goes on to describe boys in this way. I love it. It says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. And when I think about that image of an arrow in the hand of a warrior, I think about our boys, and I think every day boys are released into the world recklessly, which is why I'm never surprised when the new statistics come out and boys and men, and we males, lead the statistics on substance abuse or Internet pornography or suicide, these really tragic, destructive experiences I think our calling is to release boys into the world with a lot of precision and intention. When an era is released in that way, it has the power for protection and provision. And so today we're going to spend some time talking about what's happening with boys in each stage of their development, very specific things that God desired to happen in certain moments of their lives, and then what they need from us as the adults in their lives, how to care for them. We're going to talk about how boys are wired for activity and movement and how that really affects the way we instruct them, the way we even give them chores, help them do homework. We're going to talk about real practical ways to approach that differently so that we're working more in tandem with how God designed them as opposed to in opposition. And we'll talk about once they hit adolescence and it gets harder to connect with them and engage with them, we're going to talk about how to reach them at that point too. Cool. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Sissy, come on up. And I just want to you to speak to how many of you have a little baby daughter, little girl running around or a grown girl? Anybody, right? Any girls, all right? So if you could just speak directly to these parents uh, who are raising up young ladies. Well, just for y'all to have a little more background on us, we have written some books, but we our main job is that we're counselors, and we've been doing it, I think, a combined probably 60 years, which 
David and I like to say is mostly Melissa. Um, but we, uh, we sit with kids every day, all day long. And, um, and I would say in our counseling practice, if there's a primary reason that girls come in for counseling, it's because of self-esteem and it's because of confidence. And what we talk about so often is that girls in our culture are losing their voice. It has to do with mean girls. It has to do with different things that we'll talk about hormonally and in terms of their brain development that happens that make them doubt themselves. Um, but I think girls are really flipping back and forth between two questions. One is, am I enough? And the other is, am I too much? And they're having trouble finding themselves between the two. And so as we think about voices, I think, and praying even for our girls, what we really want them to do is find God's voice, to hear his voice speaking truth to them about who they are. That's how we want to pray for them. And it does look different across their development. And we will spend some time talking about that today and how to really love them and help them see more of the gospel and who he's called them to be. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Melissa. Come on up here. I'll, I'll creep and, uh, up. I barely <laughs> can get up here. There you go. That was a low blow. Low yeah. blow. I would have never thought. All right. Uh, would you just speak directly to never the parents? Never thought what? Uh, nothing. Okay. Um, <laughs> would you just speak uh, directly to uh, the parents as obviously seasons change and life stages change. We have uh, everyone from birth uh, to grown kids here, kids. And, and uh, so would you just speak to how does that look? How does prayer change as the seasons and life stages stages change as well. I love what you've been teaching on the keep on praying. And that uh, is also uh, in a scripture where Jesus is talking in Luke 18.1, where he says, uh, be consistent, be persistent, keep on. Another phrase that I love where Jesus says continually through the scriptures, don't lose heart. And I, I feel like that's what happens to a lot of parents as their children get older. And uh, I, I have this picture of uh, an experience was we have camp in the summer and uh, when we have our second through fourth grade camp and I may be teaching, then uh, I will say who would, and before I can go on any further, their hands are up. Who would, I would, I would. You don't know what I'm gonna say, but I will. I want to pray, I want to pray. And it becomes, it's so wonderful, because it becomes, who gets to pray? Who gets to pray this morning? As the summer goes, we have teenagers that come. I get my whole sentence out. Who would like to pray this morning? Uh, you didn't hear me. Who, who, who really wants to, or as the kids say, we, we say more than our kids, who gets to pray? He will. <laughs> she will. Don't lose heart. Sissy and David will be talking more about development and how, how the kids change. And they're so much more receptive when they're younger. But as they get older and their hearts mature, uh, they may not be as quick to respond, but they hear you. They hear you. And they hear God because we, we find, and I know you all do too, that so many decisions and commitments to the Lord are made during those teenage years. And so our main message, ours is to you today, don't lose heart. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up one more time.
Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. And of course, again, tonight, if you maybe you missed out last night, tickets are still available. They're five bucks in the rotunda to hear again from these uh, folks. You do not want to miss as they even go in a little bit deeper to kind of unpack this whole thing. But I love what they said. It really gets to the point uh, that we have to be praying for our kids. We've got to be praying for the things that they're experiencing. What does a guy, a boy experience? What does a girl experience? What about as they grow up and as they're younger? What does that look like? But for me, a challenge that I've been asking myself uh, with my little 18-month-old and even with the middle school and high school students that I get the opportunity to work with, it's really asking myself the question, and I think this is a question that all of us have got to answer when it comes to praying for our kids, and it's this. What do you dream for your child? What do you dream for your child? Who do you want them to be? And as you begin to think about that, as you begin to kind of dream and just take the opportunity to ask that what if, begin to pray that. And you pray it for them. And you pray it in front of them. Like I said, I begin to kind of have this be my big question as I uh, attempt to raise my little girl. But I've actually made a commitment to myself that every year on Tenley's birthday, April 16th, she's only had one so far, so I'm doing pretty good. I'm one for one. Pretty proud of this. I think we have a picture of her. I, uh, we were just over at, uh, at Disney World uh, this past week, and uh, we went to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, and she was a cowgirl, and um, she posed herself. Um, oh, so apparently she's 18 years old, and uh, that's what happens. So uh, after this, anyone who has like a little Miss Thing child, We've got to talk because I don't know what I'm going to do with that little girl, right? But I've simply, every single year on her birthday, I've made a commitment to just simply write her a letter. And in that letter, I do two things. One, I just tell her about the previous year of her life, things that I remember, things that she's accomplished, things that she said or done or who she's been or how she's grown. That's the first part. But the second part, I just take the time to dream. I take the time to really think through, what do I want this little girl to grow up to be? Who do I want her to become? How do I want her to carry herself? What do I hope she learns? What do I hope, what do I hope that she experiences? Like I said, I just take the time to answer that question, what do I dream for you, Tenley? That's it. And every single year, as, as I hope that I do this, I know that, that it, it's actually become my own little prayer journal for her. And here's the thing, I have no intention to ever tell her that I'm doing this until one day. Maybe it's her 16th birthday, maybe it's her 18th birthday, maybe it's when she drives off and goes to college, maybe it's when I walk her down the aisle, but one day when the time is right, I have this incredible opportunity to hand her a stack of letters, a stack of prayers that her dad has prayed for her since the day she was born. I've been incredibly blessed to be the recipient of something similar. In fact, for the past three and a half years, I had no idea what I was even looking at. But the series has kind of sparked something and I I realized what exactly I was given. See, I was actually ordained back in June 2009. And on that day, my parents flew out to come see us, and uh, after the the ceremony happened, we went back to my house, and uh, my dad just handed me a box. 
And I opened up the box and I found in there a Bible and a letter. In fact, this is actually the Bible that I've been teaching out of today. And in the Bible, I went ahead and just opened up to the very front page to find a letter. And in this letter, my dad just encouraged me and told me how proud he was of me and challenged me as I became an ordained minister. But this letter also shared as to why this Bible wasn't just a regular Bible. And I read these words from my dad's letter. He says, Scott, my gift for you on this day is a Bible. The past four years, this has been my study Bible, my devotional Bible, and personal Bible. I bought it with this day in mind. Over the years, I have underlined, written notes, and made personal comments. Throughout its pages, I have addressed you specifically. I've tried to share leadership thoughts, ministry principles, relational insights, and common practices to you. And as I finished reading that letter, I went ahead and just started flipping through the pages of this Bible to find circles and letters and notes all over the place, coffee stains, that's my dad right there. (laughs) But to read the prayers that my dad had prayed for me for four years strong, and that's just what I got, for four years, literally circling, underlying the promises of God for me to read, for me to look at. This has taught me more about prayer than anything I could have ever dreamt up. I mean, this right here, this was how my dad prayed for me. See, here's what's cool. I don't know what it looks like for you. As a parent, I don't know what it looks like for you in your unique life, your unique child, your unique parenting style, but here's the thing, there's no formula. And because there's no formula, that means that there's no limit. Parent, what do you want your child to be? Who do you want them to become? And as we begin to answer that question, how do you then in turn let them know? Maybe it's as simple as a text message just to text them some truth for the day. Maybe it's a Facebook post. Maybe it's a tweet. You got to speak their language. Maybe it's a simple card in their lunchbox. Maybe it's a a note in their rearview mirror. Maybe it's you praying over them as they sleep. Or maybe it's even setting aside for you as a family to pray together. But it's an opportunity to pray circles around your children. And don't just pray that they won't do something wrong, pray that they'll do something right. Pray that they'll do something huge, that they will start a revolution to make the name of Jesus Christ known throughout their entire life. Now, parents, don't get me wrong. See, I'm not saying that God is going to go ahead and override their free will. But what I am saying is that God is powerful enough to do a miracle in their hearts. Parents, keep on praying. Now, if I can take just a a little bit of a segue and speak directly uh, to the, 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 the folks that I get to interact with on a more consistent basis. 
And again, where are the parents of middle school and high school students? If you have a, a child that's younger, listen in because you know very quickly that they will be in this, in this demographic before you know it. Parents of students are in a whole nother league. I mean, seasons change drastically right now. And let me tell you this, I feel like this is the single most important truth that I can share with you as parents of students. And that's the fact that you, as a parent of a middle schooler, as a parent of a high schooler, you are still, don't get me wrong, you are still the single most influential and important person in their life. But how it looks when they're in middle school and high school is drastically different than it ever was or ever will be. This is a crucial time. So today I want to tell you guys a little bit about some of the unsung heroes of our day. I get the incredible opportunity week after week to rub shoulders with these kinds of people. And those are the people who give of their time and their energy and of their schedules for free to speak in to the life of the generation below them. You see, students, middle school and high school students, they need outside voices to speak into their lives. And guess what? Here's what's cool about New Hope, is that we train and we bring in adults who are outside voices, who are saying the exact same thing to your children that you would as their parents. They're just a different voice. And students need a different voice. Could I be so bold as to say that we need to be praying for the people who are also speaking in to our kids' lives? Now let me kind of broaden it up a little bit. Let's kind of zoom out a little bit on just middle school and high school parents. Let's talk to every single parent in here. Because here's what it comes down to is that our kids, like I said, they need outside voices. And you can never be that outside voice to your son, to your daughter, because you will always be mom. You will always be dad. But that doesn't mean that you can't be that outside voice to someone else's child. Folks, get involved. Jump in. Again, I'm speaking to everyone now. Step up, get into Hopetown, step up, jump into student ministry and start speaking to a group of world changers right in front of your face. And maybe you're unable, maybe you're unwilling, I'll let you figure that out. But if you're unable or you're unwilling, would you at least commit to praying? To pray for those outside voices, pray for those leaders in student ministry, pray for those leaders in Hopetown. Because what we have to understand is that whatever direction this new generation takes, so it will take the nation, the world. And I think a lot of us would never really believe what plagues our students, what plagues our kids. David touched on it a little bit. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in the symbolic nature of it. When we say there's a war going on, we think that's purely symbolic. We don't think it's really happening. Parents, let me tell you, it's really happening. The pain is real. And my kids, your kids, are casualties of the war. And the pain ranges from the desperation of loneliness to internet addiction. 
It ranges to the secrecy of abuse, to living in the misery underneath their own roof with parents who are strangers to them. Parents, let this be your battle cry. Keep on praying. Again, like we said, your prayers have the potential to change the course of history. I mean, so often it's as if we sit idly by watching this dark, broken world claim victory upon victory over our children's lives. What if? What if instead of just becoming educated about all the possibilities out there, what if instead of just hoping that it's not doesn't affect our kid, What if instead we went out and we circled our children with God's promises? What if we sparked that kind of revolution and claimed a war on that? The opportunities are out there. Parents, keep on praying. And as you pray consistently, as you pray without ceasing, as you keep on praying, you are right there modeling prayer, letting them hear you pray for them, letting them see you on your knees or driving in the car or folding the laundry, all while simply circling your children in prayer, you and I are modeling prayer. And modeling prayer is the first important part of teaching our kids to pray. The second part, is just to simply let them in on the action. Who, let me tell you, this, this, this Circle Maker series has been church-wide. It's been incredible up in student ministry over in Hopetown, and you can walk out those doors and grab any uh, Impact or Pulse volunteer. You grab any Uptown or Hopetown volunteer, and they will show you and tell you how kids of New Hope Church, students of New Hope Church, are beginning to pray big, bold prayers. Church, do not underestimate them. They're praying bold. They're praying big. They're praying for world change. So instead of underestimating them, instead of just praying for them, What if we invited them in to pray as well? What if we allowed them in on the action because you can pray for your kids for their entire lives, but if you never actually teach them to pray, if you never actually allow them to pray, then they won't know how to get anywhere in prayer. Parents, it's simply a call to action. It's a call to action. It's about circling our children and teaching them to do the same. Think of the possibilities. Think of what could be. And as we do that, our prayers will literally shape the destiny of your children, of my children, of our children for the future, for generations to come. So parents, if you're willing to interrupt your sleep cycle, parents, if you're willing to get on your knees and intercede for your family, I can guarantee you that God will continue to answer your prayers long after you are long gone. 
keep circling. Parents, keep on praying. Because everything, everything is at stake. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I praise you for family. And God, I lift up to you every single person who can hear my voice right now. God, that you would challenge us and give us this desire to circle our kids in prayer to dream big, to pray hard, to think long about who we want our children to become. God, right now, I lift up every single child, student, every single kid that's represented by people in here. God, that right now, October 7th, 2012, would be a benchmark. God, that today we would start a revolution of circling our kids in prayer, that they would come to one day and every day make your name famous to help save this broken world. God, help us to not give up. God, give us the desire to keep on praying. God, we love you. God, we praise you. We just simply give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.